It's something for nothing. We are back. It's Steve and Jerry, the Hello. Rush fan cast. Hello. 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 It's Vapor Trails. We're going to finish it up today. Yeah, part three. Finally. took. It's going to take a while. Yeah, it should. Yeah, sure. Well, if you listen to all three back to back. Right. It'll take a while. If you listen to all of the episodes back to back, that'll also take right. a while. One of our listeners, Freddie, at Sante Photo is his Twitter handle. He told me that what he does is he listens to the album. He knows we're going to do Vapor Trails. Okay. Because he sees the podcast up. So mm-hmm. he listens to Vapor Trails. Then he'll listen to all the podcasts relating to Vapor Trails. And then he listens to the album again to see if his view on Vapor Trails has changed based on our conversation. Wow. That's pretty cool, right? Yeah. Has so, it happened on previous albums and podcasts? Have we changed his mind on He said no. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Does he just not, does he have other ideas or he just agrees with us anyway? I don't know. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't mm. ask him that, but he, you know, he, he's a tough nut to crack that Freddie. Yeah. So it's hard to change his mind, <laughs> but, but I, I kind of like that. I kind of like the way he's listening. So maybe that's the way other people are listening. Yeah. That's a cool way to listen. It is. You can find us on Twitter at Rush Fancast, Instagram, the Rush Cast, email Jerry at the at gmail.com and rate us on your favorite podcast app. Yeah. Please do. So, or your second favorite, whichever. Yeah, rate us on all the podcast yeah. apps. That's, Download all of the apps and rate us and on rate us on all rate of us them. on every app on your favorite podcast app and on your least favorite podcast app. And, and everything app. in between. And everything in between. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so some Twitter polls, Jeb, before we get started. Okay. A few weeks ago we did Test for Echo, if you recall. I do recall that. So I did a couple of polls on Test for Echo. And the first one was your favorite side one test for echo song what's the number one song on side one do you remember the songs on side one first of all i think i do okay i think i do i don't i i give me a run down the, the songs for me uh just, test for echo of course yeah driven half the world the color of right and time in motion mm, those were the choices driven driven 46 percent. yeah test for echo came in second at 30 percent. oh half the world which i thought would do a lot better. Right. Only sixteen percent. I would say um, driven in half half the world. Yeah. So would I. I would. I would put. You know. I would put Test for Echo fourth out of those five. Yeah. Color of Right. I would go next if I had to order them for mm-hmm. me. Time and Motion. I would probably put last, and that did get the least amount of votes. Interesting. Now, side two, Jer. What do you think about side two of Test for Echo? G- give me the song titles. Um. All right. We've got Totem, Virtuality, Dog Years. Resist, Limbo, and Carve Away the Stone. Mm. Now, this one was a landslide. A landslide. Yep. People love Carve Away the Stone, but I'm going to say, oh, should I say Carve Away the Stone? Oh, the look on your face. I'm not giving it up. I'm going to say Resist. Resist. Yes. 56%. What a great song that is. Said Resist, and yep. it is a great song. I bet you that has a lot to do with the live version. The oh, absolutely. What version. we were talking about, yeah. It's the the live version that grabbed everybody. If we did this poll before the Vapor Trails tour when they did that live, I don't think it would have even come close. Hmm. We'd also have to go back in time. Not to 56%. Uh, well, uh, that's <laughs> the, <laughs> going back in time is impossible. Uh, so Totem, Carve Away the Stone, and Virtuality pretty much were right in line, 14, 15, 16%. Mm. And uh, Dog Years and Limbo got minimal votes. Right. Like Yeah, like, just a couple each. Yeah. But but the thing is, though, I could only f- put four choices up. 
Oh, okay. So to vote for Most those people, two, yeah. you would have had to comment, which people did. A few people did. Yeah. Uh, most people are going to choose what's there. Most people are going to choose what's there. Maybe but, you should uh, tell, uh, ask Twitter to expand the choices. We could do that. But but I think the two songs I picked to leave off were probably the two that would have finished fifth and sixth anyway. Yes. Am I wrong? No. I don't think I'm wrong. You're not wrong. All right. Back into Vapor Trails. Uh, we never did talk about the album art. Jared, do you want to talk about the album art? There are two versions of the album art, which I'm holding up here and no one can see but you. Two versions of the cover. Two versions of the cover. cover, yeah. It's a little different on the remix, but it's bit basically different. the same the same thing Hugh Syme right. came up with. It's interesting that the uh the remix cover has more colors in the little ball or whatever yeah. that's supposed to be. Because the album sounds more colorful. More colorful. Yeah. There's more nuance in it. And that's yeah. what you get. When you remix it, that's what it looks like. Yeah. So good on Hugh. I mean, we were talking about last time, you, you mentioned vapor trails as it relates to planes, but I mean, are the, I guess this is a comet or what is this, a meteor on the, on the front cover? It's a, it's a very spherical meteor. I'm not even sure those. Exist. Now the trails, is that vapor trails coming off this meteor? See, that's what, I, that's what I thought the sure. vapor trails were. Yeah. Like I said, I, I was, just, I was just thinking of contrails from airplanes. Okay. But vapor trails can be on numerous things, I suppose. Sure. Okay. I'll buy that. All right. Where did we leave off? We talked about Secret Touch last time. So which Earth is, Shine. Which is, yeah, which is track eight. So this is track nine Oof. on Vapor Trails. Wow, songs in this album. And as you mentioned, it's Earth Shine. So, Jar, uh, why don't you start by defining Earthshine for us? Earthshine is an actual phenomenon. Yes. Uh, I'm a little confused a little confused about it, so I want you to tell me what it is, and then I have the question I'm going to ask. Okay. So, the sunlight bounces off the moon, okay. reaches us, and we can see it, obviously. That's right. moon. That's moonshine. Right. <laughs> it is. It's moonshine, <laughs> but it's not that kind of moonshine. Okay. Um, and when the, just as the song says, right, when... The moon is like a, a thin crescent. The reflection of sunlight off the earth onto the moon illuminates the rest of the moon. So you can see the, you know, the bright crescent, but then you can also make out the outline of the rest of the moon. Right. Now, am I correct that this only happens like once every 29 days or something like that? Um, I don't know moon if it happens. Days, I guess. I don't know if it happens with regularity. It happens, but I'm not sure. Because it says, you know... On certain nights when the angles are right yeah. in the lyrics. Right. Because the moon, you know, it goes around in kind of a weird orbit. Right. So it's not going to catch the reflection on every turn. Now, can you only see Earth shine from the moon? No, you see it from the or Earth. Or you see it from the Earth. Yeah, you see it from the Earth. But I guess if you were standing on the moon, you would 
see Earth shine, I guess. I don't know. That's Well, that's the question I had. If you were standing on, on the dark side of the moon, even though there is no dark side of the moon, but you know, the, so, the side of the moon that, <laughs> that's not, you know, that's not facing the sun at that point. Okay. You would see the, you know, that the earth would glow in the sky like the, the moon does to us at night. Okay. I don't know if that's the definition of earth shine, but it's definitely uh, the light reflecting off the earth, which is known as albedo, by the way. According to what I read, it happens every 29.5 days See, there, you know. on the moon. On uh, the moon. Yeah. Like from earth, every 29 and a half days, we can see that phenomenon. Now that I don't know. That's the thing. I don't know. I mean, is it from the moon's perspective or the earth? It's the earth's perspective. Okay. And what about the lyrics of the song? How does this relate to uh, to what Neil's going through at this time of his life? I take it to mean, he says it later on quite explicitly, floating high in the evening sky, I see my faint reflection, pale facsimile, like what others see when they look in my direction. So he sees in the, he sees the faint reflection of the earth on the moon, making part of it visible that's usually invisible. Oh, I see. And that is how he feels. When people look at him, that's how he feels like he's presenting himself, as a, as a reflection of something else, as, some, as something insubstantial. That's just a reflection of something else. Again, real downer. Yeah. Real, real downer. Well, uh, how about this? Is it possible that how this relates to Neil is that the earth shine only happens once a month per se. Sure. Maybe he's only feeling good about himself that infrequently at this point. Well, I'm not even sure that when he is using the, the term earth shine as like a metaphor, he's not feeling good about himself. Okay. You know, I think like if you think about it, like the rest of the time that you can't see that blackness of the moon, right? And the other smaller phases, right? When it's, uh, when it's waning. When you do see it, it's just a, a pale reflection. It's a facsimile of the of the real moon. It's not oh, an I actual see. picture of the moon. So it's a facsimile of Neil that we're seeing. When other people look at him, that's what they're seeing. Like a facsimile. Hmm. When you know, pale facsimile. Like when what others see when they look in my direction. Wow. Crazy. It is crazy. I mean, it's really I, I hate to keep repeating myself, but this song is sad. Uh, yeah. The songs from, they get sadder and sadder, I think. As we go along. As we go along. Wait till we get to Out of the Cradle. Oh, jeez. Oh, oh, man. <laughs> but there is an interesting thing. Uh, reflected light to another's sight and the moon tells a lover's story. My borrowed face and my third hand grace only reflect your glory. And what does that mean? Um, You're smarter than me. I, I can't figure that one out. I took it to mean like whatever light is shining on him to illuminate any part of him is the light of the people he's lost. It's their, it's their light. He's only reflecting their glory. Like the dark moon is reflecting the, the glory of the earth. Anything that's bouncing off him that makes him even partially visible to other people is the reflection of the people he's lost. Oh boy. That's how I take it. Yeah. I could be reading I, you, way too deep into it, but. You could be, but you could be right too. Right. Or you could be way off base. Who knows? Right. Only Neil knows. Because he also says the third, you know, and my third hand grace. It's sort of like, I don't, I don't even know really what that means. It's obviously 
you know, it, it, his grace is borrowed, mm-hmm. right? Whatever redemptive quality he has is borrowed third hand, you know, hand me down type of thing. And it's just what's left of, you know, the people that are no longer here. Wow. Getting to the music. I mean, this is just really, this is bringing me down, Jer. Getty's voice, man. In this song, he's like old Getty to me. Yeah. Classic, classic Rush Getty. His voice. And uh, I read this was the first song they wrote for the album. Mm. And then they threw it out, completely started over. Wow. Yeah. So I've got a couple of quotes here from Alex and Getty. Again, from this uh, this rock, apparently on Rockline in 2002, they talked extensively about Vapor oh, I'm Trails. Track so that down. Yeah. So I used to uh, listen to Rockline all the time. Yeah. So that's why I keep finding these quotes. Uh, Earthshine was just not right in its original incarnation, says Getty. The lyrics were very interesting and very evocative, but I didn't feel in the end, and Alex agreed that the music really equaled what was there lyrically. We were selling the lyrics short. So we had this jam music that we're really excited about, especially this riff, the main riff, that is the verses for Earthshine, and I rebuilt the song vocally around that riff. Then we proceed to just carry on with it. And before we knew it, we had a whole new song and that was really exciting. Yeah, great. And Alex from the same interview uh, says, Earthshine was the first song we wrote. At the time, we both felt we weren't going to be too precious about it. It was part of that early period that we went through with the writing about five months into the pro- uh, the project. We reviewed the song and decided to completely rewrite it. There were some lyrical changes, but 100% of the music was thrown into the garbage and we started over again was really a testament to working without a deadline and how important it was not to have a deadline with this record. Mm-hmm. They wanted to make sure this was absolutely right. Right. That the song fit the lyrics and it was as good as the lyrics were. I mean, Well, yeah, that's, that's kind of what I said uh, in the last podcast, that the music matches the, the quality of the lyrics, tone of the lyrics, the, yeah. the point of view of the lyrics. Yeah, I mean, they couldn't sell the lyrics short. I mean, the lyrics no. were so good. And it shows. I mean, these yeah. songs, are they're, they're rocking for yeah. the most part. And the, like like the, the quote just said, you know, the, the, that riff for the verses is incredible in this song. Yeah, I mean, this is an album they could not have made in the 70s when they had to crank out the record in, no. in a few months. Right, and a lot of bands would have floundered with, with no deadline. Oh, sure. You know, and it'd be like Chinese democracy. You just kind of right. re- recorded for a decade or more. And a lot of bands wouldn't have been able to work with these lyrics. No. That takes some talent. It does. Some real talent. Yeah. And as we know, Rush has some real talent. They do. They do. So the um, the tarot card that goes with this song, Jerry, is The Lovers. Oh, nice. Isn't that nice? It is. Um, I bet she so- doesn't mean what we think it means, though, does it? <laughs> Upright, the lovers means partnerships, duality, and union. Oh, that's nice. And reversed, oh, boy. the lovers means loss of balance, one-sidedness, and disharmony. So the opposite of lovers. Right. Anything else on Earthshine, Jar, before we move on? No, but you know, now that you say that, doesn't he? isn't there a lyric in here about lovers, right? Yeah, I, I, I said it before, reflected light to another's sight and the moon tells a lover's story. There you go. Which lover's story does it tell, though? Right. Sad lover's ref- story? Well, reflected a- light to another's sight and the moon tells a lover's story. I'm thinking that- Is it, it the story of- Of the reflected light. Uh, but but is it the memory of his loved yeah. ones that mm-hmm. we're talking about? Yeah. That's the lover's story. Yeah. Which is a, a sad story because they're gone. And it's a reflected story. Wow. 
you got me down again, Jar. I was thinking about the music and how great it was. And maybe we should <laughs> end with the music then. <laughs> we probably should. Oh. Um, all right. So um, why don't we move on to the next track on Vapor Trails, which is track ten on this lengthy album. Yeah, really. Sweet miracle. I was walking on This, Jared, be the moment that Neil found his reason to live. Is that uh, what we're? I think so. Is that yeah. what we're, we're we're hearing in this song? I think so. Toward the end, it the lyrics become progressively more um, hopeful as the song goes on. Mm -hmm. It starts be a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful metaphor, standing like he's standing on the water, but he's really standing on a reef, which of course is a very fragile ecosystem, and it's a wave or a tsunami or something comes in and knocks the foundation out from under him. Now, is this some sort of religious reference, do you think? Sweet walking miracle. on water? You know, um, I wasn't walking on water. I mean, walking on water is uh, is kind of a... A Jesus a, thing. A Jesus thing, no? Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, I think he didn't actually have a charmed life. It might look like he was in, again, in control of things or that everything was perfect if you oh, see somebody walking see. If you see somebody walking on the water you're like oh my god how is he keeping afloat in such a whatever whatever he was just standing on a reef he's though. just standing on something else like right. a magician <laughs> right right and they, they try to walk on water they're really walking on whatever uh, you know see-through plastic things that are under mm -hmm. the water but he's also standing on a reef so from a distance he's probably looking his life looks perfect but like all of us we're standing on very fragile ground Right. Or the other line, I wasn't walking with angels. I was talking to myself. Yeah. So he goes through, like the, the lyrics go through um, different stages, right? Uh, I wasn't walking on water. I was standing on a reef when the tide came in, swept beneath the surface, lost without a trace. No hope at all. No hope at all. But then. But then, oh, sweet miracle of, you know, of life. But I think the miracle here might just be that he's even still alive after that. He's swept under the current. His foundation is is torn from under him. I think the sweet miracle there might be the fact that he's even still alive after that. You mean actually still alive yeah, or actually. just still able to function? Well, yeah, still able to function. I mean, in keeping with the, the metaphor of the song, being swept away by this current, mm -hmm. he's still alive. Right. And then he's like, he's under the water, right? He says, I wasn't walking with angels. I was talking to myself, rising up to the surface, raging against the night, starless night so he's under the water and he's reaching for the surface he's okay. clawing his way back up again sweet miracle loves sweet miracle i think this might be a reference to when he met his right that's what i thought yeah his, his second soon wife. to be his second wife mm -hmm. that she was the one who at least brought him to the surface again and even though he gets to the surface there it's still starless right mm -hmm. he's not drowning anymore but he's still in, in pitch blackness. 
Yeah. And then the last, uh, the last verse, I wasn't praying for magic. I was hiding in plain sight, rising up from the surface to fly into the light. Wow. So he gets out of the water with this sweet miracle of love. That's what I take from it. Certain people have a way of just rescuing you from yourself. And that's what I think his, his wife did for him. Yeah. Now, is there a tinge of anti-religion in this song? I mean, there's some, some references, like I mentioned before, like walking on water, walking with angels, praying for magic. Praying for magic. I mean, all these things. Neil is... Is, uh, is that a subtle way of saying, we, we know that he's an atheist, yeah. right? All three of them are. Right. Um, I think so. These things aren't going to work, at least not for him. Mm-hmm. Faith in any kind of cosmology mm-hmm. isn't isn't working for him. He wasn't praying for magic, which you know is, is a theme that comes up in, in a couple of other songs. The specific lyrics of the other songs escape me right now, but you know there's not much difference between religious belief and belief in magic, to me anyway. Or tarot cards. Or tarot cards. <laughs> right it's all right at some point if you're going to look at it kind of objectively and you can you know look at different cultures around the world and at some point you know religious belief is inseparable from you know from superstition and magic right so that's I what agree. i think that's that's what he's talking about there now now musically the thing that jumps out at me is again getty's bass the yeah. chords are just phenomenal yeah this song is and again it's a it really it it moves along so well. It's such a finely constructed song. Yeah. This is another song you can play for anybody and yeah. they say, wow, that's a great song. Yeah. And then they listen to the lyrics and then go cry in a corner for a while. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. You should try that with your wife. See if they play for Oh, her. I forgot to tell you. You did. I played, what were the songs? Um, I played Half, Half the, the world, world. Yeah. And um, Totem for my wife. Okay. And uh, after they were over, I said, what'd you think? She's like, oh, I started to think about something else. <laughs> can you believe that? <laughs> Told I you can, it wouldn't work. I can <laughs> believe that, actually. <laughs> Halfway through, she, her mind just wandered. Her mind just wandered. You know, if you're not a Rush fan, Jerry, you're just not a Rush fan. I guess not. That's what it comes down to. Yeah. <laughs> Mano, I like listening to music. But I did try so, it. I, yeah. did, I did attempt it. So yep. I'm not going to play Sweet Miracle for her. I'm not going to do it. Okay. So uh, the tarot card that goes with Sweet Miracle, Jer, yes, is the Ace of Cups. The Ace of Spades. <laughs> <laughs> no, the Ace of Cups. Okay, the Ace of Cups. There's, a, there's many aces in the tarot cards, I've learned. Okay. Uh, this is the Ace of Cups. Uh, upright, it means new feelings, spirituality, and intuition. Reversed, emotional loss, blocked creativity, and emptiness. Okay. Yeah, so there you go. There you go. Overall, I, I mean, I, I say Sweet Miracle is uh, one of the highlights of this album for sure. Yeah. In my opinion. Absolutely. And in probably most Rush fans' opinion. Who knows? Uh, you can tell us, though, if you're Yeah, let listening. us know what you think of Sweet Miracle and, and any other song on Vapor Trails, for that matter. I think it definitely is, like you said, a turning point in his recovery. Yeah, I mean, that's the, the first thing I, I thought about when you know I was listening to the whole album. This is where, where it takes a turn. Yeah. You know, at least at least for Neil, I think. Yeah. All right. So uh, why don't we turn to uh, track eleven on Vapor Trails? There's a lot of songs here, Jer. There is. This is Nocturne. Did I have a dream, or did the dream have me? Did I have a dream? 
What's on this one, Jeff? Uh, well, a nocturne is—it's a musical composition inspired by the night. Well, there you go. So there you go. Okay. Is it, do we have anything else to say about nocturne? No, I'm no, kidding. That's a- <laughs> um, well, I mean, did I have a dream or did the dream have me? That's that's a great line. It is. So, did you have a dream or did the dream have you? I don't know. <laughs> it reminds me of uh, of Particle Man. They might be giants. Oh, okay. There you go. You know, when he's underwater, does he get wet or does the water get him instead? Right, right. So so Getty said about this song, it's about the questions you subconsciously answer in your dreams mm, okay. without realizing it. Sure. Interesting, right? Yeah, it is interesting. Yeah, I mean, this song is about dreaming, obviously. Dream, temporary madness. Dream, a voice in the wilderness. Dream, unconscious revelations. The morning says, the answer is yes. Now, now, does this song have anything to do with what Neil's going through at this time of his life in any way, or is this just a an offshoot song that's about something else? No, I think it does. And and in what way? Well, he, later on, he says, um, floating through a darkened mirror, deep reflections in disguise, soaring through lost altitudes without wonder, without fear. So like in your dreams, you can you know relive good things and bad things. Right. So in his dream, you know, the bad things that happened to him could not have even happened. They may not have happened. Right? Or it could have been worse. Right. Or he's uh, facing the future without fear. Hmm. Right. Uh, on the instant of waking, another world of dreams appears. So it's almost like so, even, so even when he's awake, though. He's dreaming. He feels like he's dreaming. Right. Like there is, uh, maybe there's no difference between, you know, uh, the nightmare and the, the reality or the, the dream and mm-hmm. and the reality at this point because he's still when he's awake he's still dreaming of what ought to be maybe right so, so it's just dream after dream dream a walk in the wilderness dream unconscious recreation the morning says the answer is yes i don't know what that line means yeah i don't know i guess it uh, maybe it just means when you wake up it's just another chance to greet the day the morning says the answer is yes. Could that be the answer to, did I have a dream? The answer is yes. Hmm. Maybe. Possibly, yeah. I mean, that's that's how I interpret it. I, I could be completely off base. I don't know. I mean, it is, it's a great song. I guess you could argue that it, it, it doesn't have the same kind of um, pointed meaning as some of the other songs. But yeah. then again, it's a song about dreaming. So right. how could it? Right, exactly, exactly. Uh, and musically, the thing that jumps out at me in this song is the drums. I was, that's exactly what I wrote. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's obvious. I mean, the drums are just I wrote down, incredible. I mean, obviously, Neil is the is a drum master, right? But he is also, he's a master of the hi-hat. The way he plays the hi-hat, especially in this song. Yeah. Sometimes in La Villa Strangiato, I've, you never hear anybody play the hi-hat like that. I mean, it, it's just the hi-hat, right? Yeah. It's like an accent almost. Yeah. He uses it 
Yeah, it's, it's I mean, amazing. I don't even have the words to describe it, not being a musician, but his, his use of the hi-hat in this song is enviable. Yeah. It's wonderful. Really amazing. And the... Um, the tarot card. Let's bring that up again. Oh, yeah, why, okay. why don't we? Why don't we do that just for the heck of it? This yeah. is the moon, upright. The moon is unconscious illusions and intuition. I guess illusions could refer to dreams, right? Sure, yeah. And reversed confusion, fear, and misinterpretation. And that could that could refer oh, yeah. to dreams too. Sure. Interesting yeah. how how the cards kind of match up with the songs. Yeah, I mean they put a lot of work into uh, into album I mean, packaging. It, into meaningless Always. tarot cards. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, even though they have no uh, real meaning, they are assigned meanings. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. Anything else on Nocturne, Jared, before we move on? Not really. Other okay. than, I mean, it's a, it's a good song. Yeah, it's great. It's a great song. I love um, it. Whether or not it, you know, speaks volumes or but, it gets the heart of any kind of real emotion. Before, I mean, before before we even get to the last two songs, uh, here's a question. Is there a bad song on this record? There is not there a bad is song. There is not. not I mean, th- that goes for many Rush albums. Right. But but I would say in the later years, you know, not not Clockwork Angels, because that's a masterpiece it to is. me. But the, the later albums, there's always one song that I'm like, eh. One or two songs. Yeah. Right. But this album nope. is just strong from beginning to end, I think. All killer, no filler. All killer, no filler. Which brings us to track 10 on Vapor Trails, Freeze. This is part four of the Fear Trilogy, Jar, which doesn't really make much sense to me. No. It's sort of like the, the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, you know? It was a trilogy, but there were four books in it. Well, I think they intended for Fear to be a trilogy. Well, it went from three to one. Right. And right. then Neil just decided, I'm going to write part four. Right. Of it fear. should have been part zero. There you go. So thoughts on Freeze, Jar? Well, I mean, it's, it's sort of a, about indecision. I guess is really what it is. You know, he freezes mm-hmm. uh, when having to make some kind of decision. He talks about like, it's the fight or flight thing. Mm-hmm. He can't fight and he can't run away. He can't do anything, which I guess is, you know, maybe how he's at some point living his life. Maybe he's got a little bit of panic disorder at this point. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. But, you know, his body's reacting to some kind of threat, which maybe his entire life has become living with such deep sadness. But he can't do anything about it, and the, and the fear could just be the fear of just being alone and without his loved ones. And, yeah, slipping and, through the dark streets and the echoes and the shadows. Something stirs behind me, and my palms begin to sweat. Wow. Sometimes I freeze until the light comes. Maybe it has something to do with the previous song, the dreaming. Right, right. Sometimes I fly into the night. Sometimes I fight against the darkness. Sometimes I'm wrong. Sometimes I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> 
But it's interesting that he says, you know, sometimes I freeze until the light comes. Sometimes I fly into the night. Right. So he's got, he has opposite reactions at different times. Sometimes he can't do anything when it's dark. And sometimes he can only do things when it's dark. The daylight. Bums him out. Bums him out. uh, And sometimes the night's too hard. Right. For him. Depends on the day. Depends on the day. And then he's like coiled for the spring or caught like a creature in the headlights in into a desperate panic or a tempest of blind fury like a cornered beast or a conquering hero. These lyrics are just amazing. These are. My favorite is, I could stand to reason or surrender to a reflex. I will trust my instincts or surrender to my fright. Yeah. Crazy. It's, a, it's I really think it's about, well, musically, it's a crazy song. Well, the thing I, I noticed immediately is the time signature again. This is another one of those songs that yeah. is not in 4-4 four, four time. No. Uh, Did you look it up? See yeah, what, what it's, it's in 7-4. Mm. So that's seven beats per measure. Right. And I I can't even comprehend playing anything, in <laughs> anything other than 4-4, four, four, right. uh, being the amateur musician that I am. But it also, I mean, it does- It, it adds to the song. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. There is. is it adds to the- Fear. Yeah, it's an unsettling yeah. type of thing. Yeah, to, and to I think hear. it's deliberate. Right, and to kind of tap your finger along with. You can't. It's, it's hard to do. It's hard to do it. It's and, just discombobulating. Right, which adds to the the whole theme of the song, yeah. I think, which makes it great. And um, the tarot card that goes with Freeze, Jar, is the Eight of Swords. Upright Eight of Swords means imprisonment, entrapment, self-victimization reversed self-acceptance new perspective and freedom which is interesting because almost all the other tarot cards the upright meaning is the positive meaning and the upside down meaning is the negative meaning and in this case it's reversed it's reversed the reverse is self-acceptance new perspective and freedom Hmm. i thought that was interesting knowing nothing about tarot cards (laughs) now you're an expert uh, uh, far from it. Yeah. Far from it. Anything else about, uh, part four of fear? I can't wait to talk about parts one through three in later podcasts. Yeah. Should we mention what the other parts are for people who don't know? Everybody knows what they are, but go ahead. I don't think everybody knows. Witch hunt, Witch hunt is part three of fear. Yeah. They went backwards. Right. The weapon is part two. Yeah. Off signals mm-hmm. and the enemy within from grace under pressure is mm-hmm. part one of fear. Right. I don't think everybody knows. We got to, you know, assume that some Rush fans don't know these things. Okay. It's possible. Sure. I think so. So uh, we've made it to the end of this uh, album. We've got one more song. Yeah. And as Rush tends to do, a great track to finish up with, Out of the Cradle.
this song is based on, on a poem, is it not? It is. Walt Whitman. Yeah. Good old Now, Walt were Whitman. you familiar with this poem before you heard this song way back when? No. No. I I'm wasn't a, either. I'm not a big Walt Whitman fan. Okay. You know, he's a free verse kind of poet. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know like I read, I did read the poem because I just decided to just check it out. Did you figure yeah. out what it's about? No idea. Oh. No. Did you do you know what it's about? Yeah. You well, you're smart. Right? Like I <laughs> like I like to say. You why don't you it, tell us what it's about? It's about a man who sees birds in okay. a tree. Uh ra- I think they're raising a chick. Okay. And one day one of the birds flies away and never comes back. And the other bird is left there to on its own. And this triggers in this guy memories of his own losses. I think he lost someone okay. in his life. And at the end, he goes down to the water and basically like screams at the water. And the water tells him, I could have to find it exactly, but the water tells him, the ocean tells him what life is all about. So, interesting. Yeah. It's, it's, it's an interesting poem. It's, Walt Whitman is hard to figure out, even like among poems that don't rhyme, free verse poems. Right. This one, he's crazy, I think. Walt Whitman poems are kooky banana pants poems, all of them. But the poem, the Walt Whitman poem is called Out of the Cradle, Endlessly Rocking. Yeah. Which I, I love, I just love that right. That phrase, endlessly rocking. Yeah, it is. Which kind of almost is a, a metaphor for Rush almost, endlessly yeah. rocking. I'm not exactly sure, I don't know. That not, it's not meant in that way, I guess, but. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Again, <laughs> Some of the things with Walt Whitman. Did you ever read? I'm assuming you never read Leaves of Grass. No, this no. Is, I think this Come is on. Leaves of Grass. Okay. Maybe. I read it once. It's hard. It's, it's hard. I'm too busy listening to Rush, Jerry. Yeah, I guess so. I was listening to Tess for Echo while you right. were reading Walt Whitman. Right. But I mean, <laughs> you know, so this is part of the poem, right? When the lilac scent was in the air and the fifth month grass was growing. That's a good line. Okay. Up the seashore in some briars, two feathered guests from Alabama, two together, and their nest... And four light green eggs spotted with brown in one day, the he bird to and fro near at hand, and every day the she bird crouched on her nest, silent with bright eyes, and every day I, curious boy, never too close, never disturbing, cautiously peering, absorbing, translating. And then one of the so he's like he's seeing these birds in their life and how they're caring for each other and the, the okay. four uh eggs they have in there. And he's, you know, translating that experience into his own experience. Okay. Are we just going to talk about Walt Whitman this whole time? No, I don't think we should. <laughs> so, so at the end so, of the poem, when he's down by the sea, right? Okay. It says, where to answering the sea, delaying not, hurrying not, whispered me through the night and very plainly before daybreak, lisped to me the low and delicious word death. And again, death, 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 hissing melodious, neither like the bird nor like my amorous child's heart, but edging near as privately for me, rustling at my feet, creeping thence steadily up to my ears and laving me softly all over. Death, 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 death. Death? Death. <laughs> wow. So that's what this song is about. I mean, that's what it's, this song is about. It's about death. It's about death. Is Neil, in a way, relating this to his experience, you think? Oh, yeah. Of course. <laughs> of course he is. Um, uh, but maybe he's uh, maybe he's not focusing so much on the death part of it, even though that's the point of the poem. It might be more about the life part of it. Yeah. Which starts I think the poem. So. Well, I think so. I mean, it would be a fitting way to end the album. Yeah. 
in, in a positive tone here. Right. The breath of love is electricity. Maybe time is a bird in flight, endlessly mocking. Here we come out of the cradle, endlessly rocking. Right. Time endlessly, endlessly mocking. Mm-hmm. Mocking our plans. Yeah. But I, I think this is just a fantastic song. It is a fantastic song. And it's kind of one of the underappreciated and forgotten Rush songs, really, because you don't, you know, you don't hear about this song much. No. It's, I mean, it's the 13th song on this record. <laughs> I know. I mean, even- Did they ever play it live? I don't think so. No. I think they should have. I would have loved yeah. to have seen it. Sure. It's just just fantastic. There's and uh, my favorite part is the um, the bridge after the endlessly rocking part. That's just just awesome. Yeah. Amazing. Well, lyrically at the end, he's like, it's a hand that rocks the cradle. It's a motion that swings the sky. And there's that saying, the hand that rocks the cradle rules the world. Right. Which I guess is a is an ode to, to motherhood. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's what I think he's, when he's talking about out of the cradle, endlessly rocking, I think he's really talking about how, you know, maybe the when you're young, there might be, you know, a certain excitement for life. Right. So I think that's, he's trying to- Recapture you know, some of that? Yeah, I think so. He's trying to dial into that feeling, that's all. Okay. The last tarot card that we're going to talk about is the Fool, because that's the tarot card that is listed here with out of the cradle. My favorite tarot card. Yes. Uh, upright, the fool, innocence, new beginnings, and free spirit, reversed, recklessness, taken advantage of, and inconsideration. Hmm. I go with the first. Yeah, I, I think the the, I think we're going to go with the upright yeah. on this one. So it's a good way, kind of, to end the album, and a good way to end the podcast. It is. So what I do mean, you we think? Have no choice o- overall, a Vapor Trails. I mean, just such a strong album. Yeah. And, as an examination, and meaningful. Yeah, as an examination of someone's life experiences, it, it has almost no equal, really. Yeah, I mean to to really get into the mind of someone's experience of life, their sadness. I mean, there's lots of sad songs. Most of them are like love songs, though. This is a song that's really exhuming a lot of baggage. Yeah. And I, I think, uh, do you think it was healing for him to play these songs live on the tour or was it difficult for him or both? Both, I think. I mean, just writing these songs. Yeah. Having to relive those feelings, maybe having gotten past them a little bit, mm-hmm. but having to relive them through these words, not only writing them, but recording and listening to the songs over and over again. And, you know, it, it must have been, Hard, difficult. This was hard and difficult to do. It was. For us, just uh, just to talk about this stuff for almost three hours total with the three podcasts. I mean, it, it was tough to do, but I'm glad we did it because it, it gave me a greater understanding and a greater appreciation for what, what the guys went through on recording this album and performing this album and just a masterpiece, really. Yeah, I think so. There's a, I mean, obviously there are a lot of Rush songs that are deeper than just the surface you can appreciate them i suppose on the surface but there are a lot of rush songs that comment on life in general or you know philosophy and stuff like that Mm -hmm. this album this album is yeah is is, like i said digging deep digging deep into emotions well i'm glad we did it jared what i think we need to be a little more positive with our next podcast we need to pick a pick a record that makes us feel good okay i wouldn't suggest grace under pressure Oh, speaking of Grace Under Pressure, <laughs> one of the songs on Grace Under Pressure is also 
uh, taken from a, a Walt Whitman poem. Oh, yeah? Which yeah. one? Uh, the Body Electric. Oh, okay. He has a poem called I Sing the Body Electric. Yeah, I think Race Under Pressure is a little bit of a downer record, so I think we save that for mm. later. Okay. We'll have to come up with something else. Okay. Any ideas? We can just go right to the beginning. We should do the first one. We'll do the first one. All right, let's do the first Rush album. Sure. That's going to be exciting. Yeah. We'll go all there John Rutsey on everyone. Yeah. And why not? Why not? Neil will not be discussed. No, he won't be. He won't be. And it'll be interesting, as it always is. Yep. So until next time, uh, this I is- no, I have no quote for you, though. Why not? Come I don't on, know. Why are you not prepared? Because I'm distracted by the by the depths that I have. All right. Just, on on uh, Twitter, you can follow us at the <laughs> on Twitter. You can follow us at Rush Fancast. Instagram at the Rushcast. Email Jerry. Give him some quotes from the first album to use. Some of, some of Getty's lyrics from the first album. The Rushcast at gmail.com. And please, please rate us on any podcast app you could think of. Right. And uh, why don't I come up with a quote? And I, I don't have anything prepared either. Great. But I'm just gonna I'm just gonna pull one out of thin air here, Jerry. I'm gonna open nice. the, I'm gonna open the lyric book. It's the hand that rocks the cradle. It's the motion that swings the sky. There you go. There you go. Talk to you guys soon. All right, bye.